You're listening to the Crossing DE podcast from The Crossing in Milton, Delaware, a community dedicated to developing devoted followers of Jesus. What a good hour to be together, and I just want you to know you have some celebrity missionaries among us today. Uh, In fact, our team who went to Florida as a missionary is in the house right now. And if you went on that team, would you just stand? We want to recognize you. We want to thank you for serving in a great way. Man, you look exhausted. Holy nap this afternoon. All right. And you grew a beard during the week. What what did you say? That's your mission face? Missionary missionary face. That's awesome. That, <laughs> all right. Cindy, thank you for keeping that crew under control because I know that was your role. Yeah, I know that was it. Thank you for going down. I was a little jealous. I had a couple pre-engagements and I couldn't go down there with you, but uh, you know, way to go. We saw the picture, saw the report. Maybe we'll get to share some of those later. Uh, just so grateful for your serving down there. I know, uh, I know you're exhausted. And I hope so- one of you got a video of Gary you know, doing the uh, fire ant dance. You know, I heard he got attacked, and, you know, I hope I see that video, so. Yeah. Ants in your pants. Oh, wait. Yesterday, guys, uh, some of you were here. We had about 62 guys involved in the men's summit. It was incredible. It really was. It was just, it was a full day. Now, some of the guys who might have participated yesterday, if you see them doing that today, you know, permission to whap them on the head to keep them alive, awake today, but it was awesome. Uh, Michelle Minner is back here, was our breakfast preparer and snack queen. Thank you. It was awesome. The peanut M&Ms went like that, but it was awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, uh, Angela is here somewhere, to, jumped in in the evening to hang out with all the guys last night to praise man, and we're just uh, grateful for that. Just such a good day. Ladies, your turn's coming in February. Get registered. You know, sooner the better. Uh, it's all good. In 2002, my wife Angel came to me and said, Honey, I think the Lord wants us to adopt. I've been praying about it every day for a year, and the Lord wants us to adopt. Okay. A bit random, don't you think? So we started praying about it together. (sighs) Really? All right. Later that year, later 2002, my sister Mary who happened to be at the time the director of women's ministry in a church in Jacksonville, Florida, calls me and says to me, hey, Mark, are you guys still considering an adoption? Uh, I think so. And she asked me this question. Would you guys consider adopting more than one? To which I said, how many more than one? (laughs) And she said, three. Mary, are you out of your mind? No. But I'll talk to Angel about it. 
Later that night, I remember very distinctly, uh, it was about 10.30 p.m. My wife was standing in the bathroom brushing her teeth, looking in the mirror, brushing her teeth. And I was like, oh, oh, honey, by the way, I've, I almost forgot. Uh, my sister Mary called today, and she wanted to know if we're still interested in an adoption. What'd you tell her? Yeah? And she asked me a really interesting question. She asked if we would consider adopting more than one. She said, how many more than one? And I said, three. And she smiled ear to ear and said, let's go get them. I remember falling backwards onto our bed, basically giving the Lord a stink eye. In 2003, our family went from three to six overnight with the adoption of TJ and Stephen and David. That was a crazy year. That was really a crazy year. I tell you what, we got stories. But when we learned of their situation, when we learned that there was a sibling group of three, ages six, seven, and eight, who needed a home, who needed a family, we had to do something. So Angel, my son Micah, and I had been praying about possible adoption. Um, Infertility was uh, an issue, and, uh, but we wanted, to, we wanted to expand our family, and we just, we just knew that the Lord was orchestrating all of this. And when I saw their picture for the first time, uh, my heart just went out to them. So we lawyered up, we filled out like two file cabinets worth of paperwork, and then we played the waiting game. Ironically, nine months later from the day we hired the lawyer, the lawyer called and said, won't you come get your new family? And we did. And man, that was the hardest thing I've ever attempted to do. Whew. In my reflection, I know why it was so difficult. When I learned of their situation, and as a dad... I wanted to share with them my home. I wanted to share with them my heart. I wanted to share with them my compassion. I wanted to share with them our dog. I wanted to share with them our, our resources. I mean, they, they didn't have a family. They didn't have a home. They needed a place to belong and a place to be accepted and a place to be loved on. And I, 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 wanted, I wanted to offer that to them. However, 
They were in this tragic predicament of needing a family because of the hurt they received from their family. Their birth family was full of neglect and dysfunction and substance abuse and turmoil. And so in their formative years, they concluded, we don't like family. Family's not good. We can't trust family. We've been hurt by family. We're not sure we want another one. And so here we are. It's a tug of war. Angel and Mike and I are over here, you know, pulling and pleading. We just want, we just want you to have a family. You're welcome into our family. We just want you to be part of our family. And they're on the other side tugging. Why would we want a family? We've been hurt by family. We can't trust a family. I'm not sure we want a family. And I'm not going to lie, it was the hardest thing we've ever done. Now the Lord prevailed, and things are good. Things are good. Now, I tell you all of that by way of illustration. I tell you that because we are in this series, This Is Us, and today I just want you to engage our model. I want you to engage our model, and our model for growing a church is that of raising a family. I know. I know that because of some of you have been hurt in your family and because of all the dysfunction out there in family and because some of you have even experienced some hurt in a church family, you're not sure you want to be part of a family. I get it. But hear me out. In this series, This Is Us, uh, we started it for Sunday in November. In week number one, we talked about our message. Uh, I wanted you to engage our message. And our message is all about the good news of Jesus, amen? All about the good news of Jesus. And the good news of Jesus is this. He loves you and just wants a relationship with you. He so loves you and wants a relationship with you. And here's where I've boiled it all down. You know, kind of my tagline for ministry, I think, you know, our tagline for ministry, we just want everyone enjoying an everyday relationship with Jesus. Amen? Everyone enjoying an everyday relationship with Jesus. It comes down to that. That's our message. If you were here last week, I wanted you to engage our mission and our values. And our mission... You know our mission. You could probably quote it. Developing devoted followers of Jesus. Who will develop devoted followers of Jesus? That drives everything around here. That's our mission. And last week, if you remember, I shared with you our core values. And how many of them were there? Oh, good listeners you are. 
Seven of them. Hey, if you missed that message, you can always go back online, catch it, you know, catch up on it. Some very important principles there. Seven core values we want always true of us. Well, today, I want you to engage our model. Our model for growing a church is raising a family. Now, I want you to know that this model was actually provided to us by the Holy Spirit through Holy Scripture. John chapter 1, verse 12, but to all who received Him, to all who believed in His name, He gave, he gave the right to become children of God. Isn't that awesome? 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that He would call us children of God, and that is what we are. Family. Can I just underscore in your mind that the church is not a building? The church is not a business. The church is not a service. The church is not an event. The church is not a denomination. The church is a family. The family of God. And the church has always been designed to be relational, not institutional. That's where problems come. Relational. And in the Bible, the church is always a reference to the people, not a project. And the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. You are fellow citizens of God's people and members of His family. Isn't that good? I think it's really interesting that Jesus did something really odd in Matthew chapter 12. See if you think this is odd. Matthew chapter 12, starting with verse 46. Uh, so odd. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. You know, Jesus had a busy schedule, and they're like, we can never get a hold of him. Let's go find him. And you know, why aren't you answering our text? Come on, communication. We just want to do lunch together. Someone told him, hey, your mother and the brothers are outside wanting to speak with you. He replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. A little bit odd, right? But awesome. Because long story short, Jesus wants to expand his family. And he invites us in. And you and I can be part of his family. That's good news. That's really good news. The text I really want us to sink our teeth in today comes from Galatians chapter 3 and 4. And... Um, just listen to this text. The Apostle Paul's writing, Galatians chapter 3, at the end of the chapter, he says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. You are all children of God through faith. Family. 
He calls us his children, family. And that word faith, I just want to remind you, that word faith really has nothing to do with believing, has everything to do with following. The word faith in the Bible has everything to do, it's a relationship word, having everything to do with loving Jesus and following Jesus. And you're in his family when you want to love and follow him. Verse 27 says, For all of us, or for all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. That is such a beautiful picture. United with Christ. Verse 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free, nor uh, is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. There's no distinction. You're all one, one family. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, Galatians 4 goes back and kind of explains how this happened. Uh, Galatians 4 verse 4 says, But when the time, the set time, had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now, because we're His sons and daughters, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you're no longer a slave but God's child, and since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. That's awesome. And so the text just underscores that we're family. And you and I are brothers and sisters in Christ in his family by way of adoption. And the text explains that that adoption actually happened when you were united with Christ. And because we've been united with Christ and because we've been brought in and adopted into his family, you and I, we all share together his forgiveness and his redemption. We all share his Holy Spirit. We all share access to the Father through prayer. We all share an inheritance. We all share the same hope of eternity in heaven forever and ever with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, the family of God. Amen? Amen. That's such good news. Such good news. So, now that we are adopted as brothers and sisters in Christ, now that we're family, in my book, there are only two expectations really. As an adoptive father, there are really two two things. There's only two things I really want for and from my kiddos. And as an adoptive father, uh, there's two things God wants uh, for and from his kiddos. And these same two things are, are what he wants us giving each other as brothers and sisters in his family. Are you ready for the two things? It all comes down to this. The key to a healthy family comes down to this. Love and loyalty. Love and loyalty. That's what he wants, love and loyalty. That's what we want here in our family, love and loyalty. Love. What does that look like? It's all going to come down to really personal care. We're generally going to just care about one another. The word love, agape love that's used here in in this expectation is 
is referring to my choice to always do what's best for you. My choice to always do what's best for you. Uh, Me putting your interest above mine, you first. It's caring for one another. And I tell you what, that takes time, doesn't it? I think love usually is spelled T-I-M-E. It takes time. Uh, It's all about personal care. It's time with each other, loving one another, caring for one another. And um, in a family, what love looks like really is giving each other thanksgiving, being thankful for one another, and sharing kindness and forgiveness and appreciation and encouragement, like all the time. We all need those things. And I think it's interesting that God designed the church, God designed the family to be the place where all the one another commands are lived out. Do you realize in the New Testament alone, there are a hundred plus one another commands? Like 59 different ones. Some of them are repeated, but at least 59 different one another commands. For example, love one another. Hey, that one's repeated 16 times. Care for one another. Bear one another's burdens, right? Honor one another. Admonish one another. Uh, forgive one another as Christ forgave you. Like 49 other one another commands. Love and loyalty. Loyalty. What's that look like? I think, I think the best description for me is I'm committed to you regardless. I'm committed to you regardless. Loyalty is putting 1 Corinthians 13, 8 in action, in obedience, and it says love never fails. Uh, Loyalty is really imitating the commitment of Jesus who said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. What if we keep saying to each other, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you? That's loyalty. Loyalty is obeying Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another. It's about being devoted to the fellowship. And the word fellowship is always really a a translation of the church family, the local church family, devoted, loyal to one another. Love and loyalty. That's what I want for my kiddos. That's what I want for my kiddos. And that's what the adopted God, the Father, wants for his kiddos. Love and loyalty. Now, the key to that, the the key to succeeding in love and loyalty is is connection, personal connection. Our connection, first of all, with Him and then with each other because we're family. The the key is, you know, connection. And here's here's the deal. The more you're connected with your church family, the more loyal you're going to become. And the more you're connected with church family, the more opportunities you're going to have to be loved on and opportunities to love on others. It's how it works. Love and loyalty. Now, you're not going to be able to be connected to everybody, but you need to be connected to somebody. In fact, at least three somebodies, because I want to share with you the principle of three friends. I want to share with you just practical application, principle of three friends. Here's what the principle of three friends suggests. Studies prove over and over and over that when you make a commitment at a church, 
You make a commitment at church, like a timer set. And if in the first six months of you being involved in that church, you find yourself being connected to other people, you know, in ways that you would call them friends, you're in for the long haul. Nothing can drag you away because you got friends at church. But if in the first six months, you don't find yourself being personally, intimately connected with people as friends, in the next six months, you're just going to stop going. You're going to fade away. We call that the back door of the church. Connection is so vital. So I want to suggest something. I'm going to close today with something really practical. Uh, and it's something I want to challenge you to do. Um, I call it um, a Sunday strategy. Uh, it's true for any time we gather, but especially on Sunday mornings, I feel like you need, we need to be more intentional about this. I call it a Sunday strategy, all right? Game day strategy. Some of you are going to go home watch football today. I guarantee the team going in to play has a strategy to win. Here's how we win, all right? A Sunday strategy that I call celebrate and serve. Every time you come here, every time you gather, I would love for you to intentionally come ready to celebrate and serve. First of all, to celebrate. Let's celebrate Him. Let's keep our eyes on Him and let's celebrate who He is and what He's done and what He's doing and what He promises to do. Amen? I want you here ready to worship the Lord with gladness. I want you to be so full of joy in your heart, ready to pour out worship and praise and thanksgiving to Him. Let's celebrate Him. It's all about Him. But part two of the strategy is very personal and practical, and I want to encourage you to serve somebody else through personal connection. I can tell you right now, the best part of the mission team going to Florida was the connection. Am I right? Would you come here intentionally poised, ready to serve somebody else by way of personal connection? And the only way, the only way you can have a connection with somebody is through what? Conversation. Jump into a conversation. Introduce yourself to somebody. Welcome somebody. I tell you what, your conversation with somebody else can be interpreted as a welcome, as acceptance, as connection. It really can. It, and it means all the difference in the world. You go to a church and no one talks to you, guess what? You're not going back. Or you might come back, I'm going to see if they're really that rude. <laughs> can I suggest this? Um, so simple. Jump into some conversations with the people sitting around you. I mean, you, you can look around right now, just kind of notice the people around you, because here's what I know about church people. Church people go to church and sit in the same place every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday. Now, that's a good thing. Trust me, you know, don't, don't think it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. That's really the only way I know you're here. <laughs> Carol, you are usually over here. Oh, those are your friends. Okay, good. All right, one, two, three, all right, good. Well, just, just start with the people sitting around you. And it's as simple as this. Hey, man, I see you every Sunday. What's your name? Man, good to meet you. My name's Mark. How long have you been coming to the crossing? 14 years. 14 years. How can I have never met you before? 14 years. Or you might discover, hey, this is my first Sunday. Your first Sunday. Welcome to the crossing. What brought you to the crossing? Man, so good to see you. 
Hope to see you next Sunday. I tell you what, your conversation could mean the welcome, could mean the connection, could mean the acceptance that they want. Conversation. The church is a family. His family. Do you need a family? Do you want a family? You belong here. Amen? Lord Jesus, thank you. You're so good. So good. And thank you for providing for us a perfect illustration of family. Thank you for paving a way to adopt us in, to include us, to welcome us, to love us, to accept us, to give us a home, to give us a family. Thank you. In this world, we're so neglected and abused and dysfunction, turmoil. But you've invited us to your family. May we get that. May we be grateful about that. And may we be excited about expanding our family. And would you empower us to be exceptional at loving each other as brothers and sisters in Christ to the glory of God the Father and Christ the Son and His Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus we pray. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. For more information about The Crossing, visit thecrossingde.com or download the mobile app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Music for today's podcast is from artist Sounds Like Sander under license from soundstripe.com.